discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Father, thank you for this morning. Once again, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the ministry of your spirit. And the ministry of your word that are present in this place right now. We receive your word with meekness and with gladness and with faith. Thank you for miracles, signs and wonders that are testing to your word. Speak to our hearts. Reveal our hearts to us. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So this morning, I'm sharing with you on God's love plan. God's love plan. And like, I want to welcome you once again. Okay. Welcome, welcome your neighbor with a, with a smile. Welcome your neighbor with a smile. Or you can tell your neighbor, you are welcome. You are welcome. Tell the other neighbor on the other side, you are welcome. And tell the neighbor behind you, you are welcome. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful. So, I want to share with you on God's love plan. Say God's love plan. Say it once again. Say God's love plan. You know, God, God is very interested in your life. Okay? If life is all about giving birth, growing up, going to school, um, getting married, finding a fine girl or a fine gentleman, getting married and then having more children for them to also grow get a good job go and go and uh, go to school finish get a good job marry and all of that and the cycle keeps going and then you die because you are old and then you die and then that's the end do you see and then your children continue that cycle. Then they also grow. Have children. And then also die. You enjoy life a little with various things. Booze, smoking, whatever it is. That, uh, women, whatever it is that gets your fancy or tickles your fancy. And then you grow and then you die. What is the difference between you and a goat? What do you think about what I'm saying? If that is what life is all about, then what is the difference between you and a cow? Or in a chicken? Have you watched cow and chicken before? <laughs> what is the difference between you and cow and chicken? Ask your neighbor, what is the difference between you? Talk to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I'm not afraid of you. Whether you are quiet or not, I am not afraid of you. Whether you are minding me or not, I am not afraid of you. I'm talking to you. What is the difference between you and cow and chicken? What did your neighbor say? Get a reply. So there's something more for your life than eating, drinking, and then Sleeping and growing and dying. There's something more than that. What do you think? If that's what your life is, if your life is to become an engineer. I did, I did chemistry in my first degree. Do you know chemistry? What most of you are afraid of? I did it pure. I did analytical chemistry, physical chemistry, 
uh, inorganic chemistry, organic chemistry, all the I did uh, uh, analytical chemistry, applied chemistry. I did all those types of chemistries. And when I finished, I went to do an MBA, a completely different area. I had done science from secondary school to university. Then I changed to do MBA. Mebayache. Do you know MBA? MBA is also known as Mebayache. Yeah. But if your life, my wife is a doctor, is a pediatrician, pediatric oncologist. She's into taking care of cancer, children with cancer. Recently, she showed me a picture of a small boy who is seven years old and has developed a cancer in his shoulder. The, sh the bone is swollen like five times his size. Can you imagine? What is life all about? What is, all, what is it all about? If it's just to eat, drink, sleep, wake up, go and come, be happy. After some time, you grow old and then you die. Some people, of course, some people will not grow old before they die. Do you know that? When you go under a tree, you see green leaves and brown leaves. Is it true? Yeah, the brown leaves are older, but the green leaves are younger. But they are all down. They've all fallen from. They are all down. They've all fallen from the tree. So it's not everybody who will grow old. Hey, I nearly said to tell your neighbor, "Will you grow old?" But I will not tell you to say that. <laughs> Hallelujah. If that is all that life is about, then there's something wrong. If that is the reason why God made us, then there's something wrong. What do you think? There should be something, there should be a higher reason for our existence. There should be a higher purpose for our life. Not just to eat, drink, increase, get fatter or slimmer, depending on what you want. And then die with time. There's something more. Tell me about there's something more. And this morning, I'm trying to introduce you to that something more. What life can be. Is life all about going on Instagram, being on Facebook, being on Twitter, on TikTok, and enjoying yourself, getting some videos of yourself and putting it up. And all. Is life all about you? Life is not all about you. It's higher than that. It's higher than that. It's higher than that. Now, I can pick the story from Adam, but because of time, I will not pick it all the way from Adam. God had... You see, you can't say that it's not God who made you. How many of you have phones? If you have a phone, give me a wave. Wow. Some people don't have phones. If you have a phone, give me a wave. Beautiful. Did somebody make your phone? Please, what phone brand are you using? HTC. What's the full meaning of HTC? <laughs> Please, what about you? What, what are you using? iPhone by Apple. Sweetheart, how are you? Techno something techno what camera 15 come oh okay okay i don't know about it much it's amazing your phone is nice right your phone gives you results you're able to do a lot of things with it did someone make your phone someone made your phone hey i sure someone made your phone then if someone made your phone then you can't think that nobody made you what do you think if your phone that is not important. The phone that you can throw away after some time. One of the, the first phones I had was Nokia 1100. Do you know Nokia? I don't know if you know Nokia 1100. It was the only phone that had a white screen. All the other phones had green screen. It was not a small thing. It was a big deal in 2007 or so. 2006-2007 was a very big deal. And I had one. I remember the first smartphone I had was a, a Sony Ericsson. You open it in a certain way. Oh, very small. I think they had written Walkman on it or so. It's very nice. It's when I got it. It was very precious to me. It was very nice. I was handling it in a certain way. My younger brother said, you are, the way you are handling the phone is like you have given birth. Because I put it by my side of the bed in a very special way. And I, I was taking care of it very powerfully. 
When it is dirty, I will wipe it in my white shirt. I didn't care. Hey! After about one year, I got back home. When I came home, I just threw it on the bed like this. And it bounced on the bed and hit the ground. I, didn't, I was not even caring about it. I didn't care much about it. If your phone that you would throw away after some time was made by somebody and they paid so much attention to it to make it what it is for you to be able to use it well, how, why do you think that you, eh, with your complicated makeup, yeah, you are very complex. Your eye, there's no camera phone. There's no camera in this world that is as smart as your eye or can see like your eye sees. Just your eye. There's no machine that is as fast as your hand or your legs. No machine moves. I don't know if you've seen some of the, these robots that they are trying to do. They move in a certain way, but they can't move like human beings. They can't. All the machines we have are trying to be like human beings. They, are try, they, they see something about man and use the part of man to do a particular machine. What do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. If machines are very important and they are made by somebody, how much more you? Tell anybody you are very important. Tell the other neighbor you are very important. And someone is in charge of your life. Are you talking to your neighbor? Tell your neighbor again, Charlie, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> someone is in charge of your life. Someone is responsible for your life. Your life is not yours. It's not just there for you to be happy with. There's something more for your life. There's, there's more reason why you exist. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the one who made you is God. God is the one who made you. Now you may think that God is not interested in your life because of something you are going through or something you are not going through. Because of some prayer you are praying and have not yet been answered. Do you see? Sometimes people say that I've asked God this, I've asked God that, but he has not done it. So because he has not done it, I am angry with him. If your phone decides to call your ex-girlfriend or your ex-boyfriend when you are trying to call your mother what will you do to the phone like you dial you you dial the, the your mother's number and then it goes to your ex-girlfriend or let's let's make it more interesting yes so you are trying to call your wife and the phone decides that at this juncture let's call your your side chick. Hey. What will you do? Oh, you are calling your... <laughs> Does the phone exist because of you or you exist because of the phone? Hello? Who exists for who? Do you exist for the phone or the phone exists for you? Yeah. So in the same way, you two, you are existing for a reason. God has a reason for your existence. God is the one who made you. Is that established in your, in your, in your heart? Do you understand that God is the one who made you? You cannot tell me that this heaven, the heaven that we are, the sun that keeps coming and going, or rather we keep going around the sun. You cannot tell me that this sun that has been shining for years was not made by anybody. It came by a big bang. It came by an explosion. I mean, what are you talking about? It cannot be by an explosion. It's not possible. Everything is made. Nothing comes into the world without being made by somebody. Everything the chair you are sitting on came on came into the world because someone thought about it. Yeah. The camera. Everything. Someone made it. Everything is made by somebody. The earphones you are using right now. It was made by somebody for a particular purpose. Nobody makes anything for nothing. It's only sand castles that are made for nothing. Do you know sand castle? At the seashore, only sand castles are made for nothing. God made you for a reason. Shake your neighbor and say, God made you for a reason. Yeah, God is the one who made you and he made you for a reason. Now, that reason was lost in transits because of what Adam did. I don't know if you've heard of Adam before. Adam was the first man to be made by God. And God made him for himself. God made him for him to have a good life. Have a beautiful life. 
have a wonderful life, to stay in health, in strength, in love, in wisdom, to have value before God, to have worth before God. But Adam lost that because of someone who is, who is there, another person called Satan. Let's not talk about him for today. But Adam lost his value, okay, before God. Now, God has always been interested in man. Always. God has always been interested in your life. You are, you are made for greatness. Not for failure. You are made for success. Tell anybody you are made for success. Not for failure. Tell the other neighbor you are made for healing and health. Not for sickness and disease. Tell the other neighbor, you are made for life, not for death. Now tell the neighbor behind you, you are made for glory, not for shame, disgrace, and failure. That's not why God made you. But when you look around, you see people who are not well. Sometimes you see someone who is fine, physically speaking. In, her, in his or her body, the person is fine. But upstairs, do you know upstairs? In the mind, the person is not fine. So God made you for something good, for something better. He didn't make you for you to be reduced, be put to shame, be destroyed. Because that's what is happening to man now. Look at this heat that we are enjoying, for instance. This heat we are enjoying this morning. This is not what God made, made the heat for. If you read the Bible, you will notice that there was a canopy. Can you imagine that there was a canopy between the earth? Right now, they call it the ozone layer. But it was, it was thicker and nicer and cooler. Yeah. If you read the Bible, you see it. That covered the whole earth. And prevented the sun's rays from having direct access to the earth. But when Adam sinned, that was taken away. So God gives a type of it for the children of Israel while they were walking in the desert. The desert was very hot. The desert is hotter than this place. This place is very cool. But God introduced a canopy over them. So as they were walking in the desert, the Bible says that the sun did not have access to them. They had their own condition. That was how the whole earth was. But because of sin, because of the sin of man, everything has gone into disarray i mean there's problems everywhere hallelujah oh hallelujah yeah so you were not made for this to be destroyed you are not made to to die you are made for life you were made for health you are made for strength you are made to be loved by god tell anybody you are made to be loved by god you are made for glory not for shame Sometimes someone is doing something and the person, that, that thing has brought shame to the person. You remember the lady who was, they, they, they were calling her a prostitute in the, in, the, in the town. You remember the drama? Do you remember the drama? Yeah. That lady was called a prostitute. She had shame and disgrace. But that's not why God made her. So when Jesus came, you know, Jesus is the expression of God's love for this world. Tell me about God loves you. Tell the other neighbor, God loves you. God loves you so much, he paid a very big price for you. Do you know that if you are the only person here on earth, God will still have sent Jesus to come and die for you. That's how important you are. And that's how special you are. Tell neighbor, you are very special. Very, very special to God. Yeah. God paid a big price for you. And that proves his love, worth, and value for you. God loves you with all of his heart, and he has value for you. The value that God places on you, I mean, when you go and buy a shirt, okay, you see a price tag on it, isn't it? The price tag lets you know what they are selling the thing for, the value of the thing. They don't give you, if you can't, you can't buy, let's say you are going to buy KFC. And they say it's one city. Chips with tray chicken with cook. 
two bottles of Coke, all going, big bottles of Coke, all going for one city. Will you buy it? Will you buy it? Will you buy it? <laughs> I will see. I hate fire now. You will ask questions because just some few hours ago, it was 35 cities. Or just some few days ago, it was 35 cities. Now they say that it is one city. Man, what will you do? I'll be scared. <laughs> yeah, because you're not sure. You don't know because that's not the value. This is, this, there's something happening. Maybe they've laced it with COVID-19. <laughs> and they are selling it. What are you going to do? So you don't give, um, you don't pay for something that is lower than what it is. Do you see? You won't, you won't buy the KFC for one CD. Because the, you know the price. It's supposed to be around 30 CDs. Not one CD. If you are selling it for one CD, there's something wrong. There's something going on. Now, your price, your worth, the, your price tag was Jesus Christ. Your, pri- your price tag is God's best. God's best is Jesus Christ. Let's read John 3.16. I need, I, I'm sure you, everybody here knows it. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Not loving a world of chess or a world of trees or a world of lakes and stars but a world of people a world of human beings God does not joke with people God does not joke with you tell me about God does not joke with you because he made you yeah what do you think just imagine you you, you make uh, you design a phone and you produce it and someone wants to take it away from you what will you do you know the worth of the phone isn't it you will do everything possible to make sure you get that brand back. Is it true? Or let's say you fall in love with a gentleman or a certain lady. And another guy wants to take that lady from you. Uh-huh. You see, you relate more with these things than you relate to phones. Yeah, so I'll use those examples. Just imagine that you like you've, you are in love with this lady or this gentleman. And you have been going for some time. And then some rich man comes to come and take her away from you. Will you fight? Charlie, will you fight? You'll fight. You have to fight. Yeah. Yes. You'll fight. Hallelujah. Your price tag. Tell me about your price tag. It's Jesus Christ. That is how valuable you are to God. Are you telling your neighbor? Tell your neighbor, that's how valuable you are to God. Yeah. You all have masks on, so it's fine. You can talk to your neighbor, okay? That's how vulnerable you are to God. So in John chapter 3 verse 6, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave his son to you and I. His son is the expression of his love. And his, his love, his, he lets you know how important you are. You will not give your best for nothing. No, no, no. You will not give your best for nothing. If all you have in your life is a phone, it's an iPhone. iPhone 12, 12 what? Is it 12 now? We are 12 now. It's 12, so 12 Pro Max. That's the best thing you have. And you go and meet a shoe in town. You go and meet a Chalote in town. Will you give your iPhone 12 Max Pro Max for a Chalote? Do you know Chalote? Will you do that? Why will you not do that? Why? The value is not the same. The value is not the same. So you will not give that phone for that. So if God says, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Eh? He so loved you that he gave Jesus for you. That is how important you are to him. See, I'm, I'm important. And I am very special. I am of value to God. This lets us know how much, how worthy we are to God. How valuable we are to God. We are. I am valuable to God. Now look at First John. First John chapter four, verse nine. First John four nine. I'm showing you in the scriptures how important God thinks you are. Okay. So no matter where you are in life, know that God is very interested in your life. Know that you are very important to God. Can you read this to me? Can everybody read this to me? Can you see it? 
There's one here, there's one here. So whichever one is comfortable for you. I want you to read it to me. One to go. Wow. Let's do it once again. One to go. Uh-huh. That we might live through it. This, it says, in this, in this particular thing was manifested the love of God toward us. Like I said, if you were the only one here on earth, God would still have sent his son to come and die for you. That is how important you are. Says, in this was manifest the love of God toward us. Because our God sent his only begotten. He didn't have two or three. He had just one. His only begotten son into the world. That you and I might live through him. Now look at Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans 5 8. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says God commended his love towards us. How? How does God show his love towards us? How does God demonstrate his love towards us? He demonstrates his love towards us in the fact that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet not correct, who gives money for... I mean, I was just talking about giving an iPhone 12 Pro Max for Chalote. Who does that? Nobody does that. Because it, is not, it doesn't make any sense. If you feel like you are not worthy... You, the feeling is, is correct. It's mutual, actually. A lot of us don't feel so worthy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> if you feel like you are not so good, it's not, don't worry, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling. It's a feeling that is around. Because you feel like you are Chalwati. Why are they coming to buy you for $12 million? But this is what God did. God gave all of himself. He gave all, all that he had to obtain you. But God commended his love or demonstrated his love. And this was the love of God manifested towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, while we were not correct, Christ died for us. He died for us. So you are very important. Tell anybody you are very important. That is why I called you here. That is why we brought you. To let you know that you are very important to God. Okay? So God paid a hefty sum, a big price, for you. And that proves his love for you, his worth for you, and his value for you. God has value for you. He feels that you are valuable to him. If your mother said to you that you are not valuable, I'm here to tell you that God thinks that you are valuable. If your, if your beloved or your boyfriend has told you that you are nothing, I'm here to tell you that you are something. God thinks that you are something. The one who made you think that you are something. That boy is not God. That girl is not God. That company is not God. That school is not God. Those your classmates are not God. The one who made you think that you are very important. He thinks that you are value. You are value. Tell me about I'm of value. I'm worth something big to God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, God so loved all that he gave his only begotten son. Now when Jesus came on earth, Jesus was the manifestation of the love of God. Can you imagine that Jesus is not looking for you to pinpoint your wrong to you and let you know that you are a bad person. You are a bad girl, you are a bad boy, you are a bad woman, you are a bad man. That's not what he came for. Jesus was the expression of God's love. He was God's love in action. That was Jesus. Jesus is God's love in action. Yeah. There was a day Jesus met someone who was a leper. He had leprosy. Have you seen somebody who has leprosy before? Leprosy eats you up. If you get leprosy, God forbid. But if you get leprosy, all your fingers will leave. I've seen some, not one or two occasions. I've seen it so many times. I've seen them in so many places. Yeah, it eats your fingers up. It eats your nose. Yes, it can eat your nose away. It can eat your lips away and eat your mouth in. Yes. It's a dangerous thing. It will eat your limbs, your legs, all your... It will just eat everything away. It makes people nasty. There was this testimony of a young man who 
uh, got healed of leprosy. You know, it had eaten all his face off. Yeah, it was just as, so you could see the bone. It's not a small thing. He was in pain. It was in so much pain, they kept him in a dark place. So that, no, because if you come into contact, it's, by, it's spread by contact. It's more deadly than COVID. When you touch, that's the end. You have it. You know, and this guy had been eaten up by the leprosy. And God sent somebody to go and pray for him. The person prayed a very simple prayer for him and left. After one year, he came back to that place. And the one who met him at the gates was a young man, but he couldn't recognize him because his nose had come back. Yes, his mouth had come back. His fingers had come back. He couldn't recognize him. Only God can do such, such a thing for people. Yeah. When Jesus met that leper, that leper asked him, Lord, if you, if you are willing, you can make me well. Jesus didn't say, go away. Go back to your hole. It's because of your sin that you are what you are, you, you are now. Do you remember when you did that thing the last time? Do you remember? No. Jesus didn't say that. The Bible says that he touched him. This is Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. A man of leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus actually existed. There was somebody who came on earth called Jesus. He actually existed. Born by a virgin called Mary. True, true, true. It happened. And he did many mighty miracles. He did. It happened live and colored. It's not a joke. Tell anybody, it's not a joke. And a man of leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Next verse. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. How do you get leprosy? By contact, isn't it? If you touch somebody, you get leprosy. When Jesus came on earth, he touched someone who had been humiliated by leprosy. Leprosy had humiliated him. Leprosy had taken his dignity away from him. I'm showing you how much God loves human beings. How much God loves you. Leprosy had eaten him up. If he was working with a bank, you can't work with the bank anymore because of leprosy. If you had a beautiful wife, you can't, you can't be married because of leprosy. If you had your own business, your own company, you can't run the company. Leprosy. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am willing. He touched him and said, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. See why Jesus came? Jesus came to restore people. He came to restore your life, not to suck you. And to make you feel like you're a bad person. And to, a lot of people have painted God like that. Some people feel that God is an old man with white hair. Old white man with white hair. Long beard. Holding a machine gun or grenade. Do you know grenade? When you do something wrong, it just takes the bullet, the bomb like that. And then throws it to hit you and then kills you. That's why a lot of people have painted God in your mind. God is monitoring my sins. He's, he's, mon he's a monitor. Eh? Do you know monitor lizard? He's monitoring my life to destroy me. That's not why God is in your life. No. Look at this. Is, do you know Jesus is God? Jesus is God. If you read in the Bible, the Bible lets you know that Jesus is God. And the things that he did, no man, no human being can do. No human being can do. They are, lep they are lepers all over in the country. How come nobody has gone to touch them and say that I am willing that you, are, you should be well? No, no, you can't go and touch them like that. No. But Jesus touched him and healed him. And restored his life back to him. Brought him back into cleanness. And restored him back to wherever he was. That is why God came. That is why God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus to restore your life. God sent Jesus to bring value to your life. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. To bring you into worthiness. To take away guilt and condemnation and judgment. That's why Jesus came. There's another story in John chapter 8. Of this woman who was also into sleeping around everywhere. She was actually a married woman. Okay. John chapter 8 from verse 3. She was a married woman and she was caught in the act of adultery. 
Yeah, she was caught in the act. It's amazing. She was caught in the act. And the Jewish law said that if you are caught like that, even if you are suspected, you have to be stoned to death. So they brought her to Jesus. Now normally, I mean, you would normally have the man on top of the woman, isn't it? Don't pretend as though you don't know what I'm talking about. You normally have the man on top of the woman. They went to pull the woman from under the man. Yes, that's, that was how wicked they were. The Pharisees were normal people. Human beings are wicked. Yeah, very wicked. They went to pull her and brought her to him. Master. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. She was taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, in the, in the middle, next verse, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. She was caught in the very act. Hey! In the very what? In the very act. Next verse. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what says that? What do you say? Our law say we should stone him. But what do you say? What do you? You say you are making yourself God. You, 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 are, you are behaving like God. You are doing wild things. What do you say? What do you have to say? The Bible says they said this to tempt him. They were tempting him. They said, this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stood down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had not them not. They asked him so many times. Then he asked them, the one who is without sin should be the first person to cast a stone. And the Bible says that all of them from the least to the greatest, everybody left the stone and went, and went away because nobody could say that they've not done anything wrong. You have died, everybody has done something wrong. But because she was caught in the act, they wanted to destroy her. They wanted to kill her. Jesus forgave her. The Bible says that he said to her, Daughter, where are those that are accusers? Where are those who are accusing you? Then he said, None of them is, are here. When Jesus had lifted himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto a woman, Where are those that are accusers? Has no man condemned thee? Has no man condemned you? Then she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn you. Go. And sin no more. So God is not here to condemn you. Tell me about God is not here to condemn you. What do you think about what I'm saying? He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to devalue your life. He's here to upgrade your life. He's here to make you better. He's not here to put guilt on you for what you did or did not do. A lot of people are moving around with guilt. Some time ago, one woman was telling me, she said, I have bought a baby when I was younger and I've been feeling guilty for a long time I told her God has forgiven you she said I believe that God has forgiven you I said God has forgiven you so take it seriously that God has forgiven you he's not to condemn you see in John chapter 3 verse 16 eh, he says for God so loved the world that is why he gave his only begotten that whosoever believes in him should not, what, should not perish but should have everlasting life now verse 17 lets you know why he came he didn't come to condemn you next verse 17 says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Read it to me. One to go. Read it, read it properly now. One to go. So he came so that the world through him might what? Might be. He didn't come so that people might be, might be destroyed. Anybody who tells you that God hates you and God does not like you is, is telling you a lie. That is not God. That is not God. Matthew chapter 15 verse 30. Matthew 15 30. Can you read this to me once again? One to go. Those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. Have you seen it? He did what? These are broken lives. He healed all of them. He made all of them fine. That's why he came. He came to make you fine. Tell anybody, he came to make you fine. Yeah. Look at the next verse, verse 31. In so much that the multitude wondered, everybody was wondering when they saw the dumb to speak, the men to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Your, your, Saneness and your wellness is what brings glory to God. 
Not your depression. Jesus does not come for you to be depressed. He came so that you, your depression will leave. Jesus came so that your feeling of guilt and condemnation will be taken away to it will leave. So you can have freedom in him. Are you surprised? That's why he came. He came to place value on your life. He came to give you life instead of death. Because you deserve death. Have you realized that you deserve death? He came to restore your life. To make you sing. There are people who were mad. There was a guy who was mad, dumb, and blind. One person. Mad, dumb, and blind. Jesus cast out the devil. To the extent that the guy could see, he could hear, and he had received his saneness back. That is why Jesus came to make your life beautiful. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said that I am come. He, said, he, makes, he made us know one of the major reasons why he had come. He said, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. There's someone called the thief, that's the devil. He's come to destroy your life. He's come to put you in trouble. He's come to influence you to get HIV and die. Yes, that's why he has come in your life. To destroy your life. But Jesus said, I am come that you may have what? Life. And have it to the full. Have it in abundance. That's why Jesus came. And Jesus is the expression of God's love, like I said. Jesus is God. There are so many scriptures I can show you. 1 John 5, 20. And we know that the Son of God has come. And has given unto us what? An understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ. Then he says, this is the true God. Jesus is the true God. So Jesus is God. Have you seen it? Says this is the true God and what? Eternal life. Jesus is God. And as Jesus came, when he came on earth, he did something for people. What did he do? He made people's lives better. Have you heard of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a very rude person, very wicked man. He was taking everybody else's money, cheating everybody. When Jesus came, instead of saying that you, you are cheating everybody. You, you are doing this to everybody. He didn't do that. He showed him kindness. He told him, I'm coming to your house to come and eat. And when he went to his house to go and eat, Zacchaeus himself, because he saw the goodness of God towards him, he started giving out all that he had taken from people. The way to carrying your life is not through the judgment of God. God is not interested in judging you. He came so that you will not be judged. Can you imagine? He came so that you will not be what? He came so that you can come close. He came so that you can, be, you can be a better person. He came so that you can become his child. That's why he came. I just read John chapter 3 verse 17 to you, isn't it? I was reading it, but I didn't finish. Let's go back to that place. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus did not come to condemn or to judge the world. But that the world through him might be saved. So he came so that you can be saved. He came so that you can be blessed. Jesus came so that you can be what? Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. He went about doing what? Doing good. He is God and he came doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. So if there's any oppression of the devil today in your life, Jesus is here to heal you. Hallelujah. He's here to change your testimony of sadness, of weakness, into a testimony of strength, joy, and power. Hallelujah. That is why God came on earth as Jesus. That is why he came. So that you can be lifted. He came to lift people up. Jesus never put anybody down. He lifted people up. Can you imagine? Every experience he had with any human being, was to lift the person up. Yeah. Including Peter, who he knew was going, to, was going to betray him. And even Judas. Jesus never spoke down to anybody. He always spoke to people to come up. To become better. So today his arms are outstretched to you. To bring you closer to him. To make you a better person. To add value to your life. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, go to John chapter 5, verse 24. John 5, 24. John 5, 24. Look at this. Can you read this to me? One to go. Have you seen it? Says the one who believes in me will not come into condemnation or will not come into judgment. Other version says judgment. He will not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. He says, if you believe in, in me, no judgment for you. You are passed from death into life. That is why he came. He came so that you can have life. He came so that you can have health. He came so that you can have saneness. So that this world does not destroy you. That's why he came. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that he doesn't want anybody to perish? God doesn't want anybody to perish. He says, so that everybody can come close. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. He doesn't want anyone to perish. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us what? Is what? Long. Let's read a lighter version. Bible in basic English. BBE. Okay, this is message. He says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his word, as he seems to some. Some people feel that God is slow. But he is waiting in mercy for you. Not desiring the destruction of any, but that all may be turned from their evil ways. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? He says, the Lord is not what? Slow in keeping his word. As he seems to some. But he is waiting in mercy for you. He is waiting in what? Mercy for you. Not desiring the destruction of any. But that all. Say all. All. Say all. all. Not some. All. That all may be turned from their evil ways. He doesn't want you to be destroyed. He wants you to come closer to him. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ to come. Jesus is the love of God expressed. How do we know that God wants people to be well and wants people to be fine and wants people to be sane and wants people to uh, be strong and not weak? Because of what Jesus did for people. That's how we know. And I've showed you. I've showed you so many things along that line, isn't it? God sent his son to not only do good to people, but to do the highest good for mankind. And that highest good was to die and take away the sin of mankind. So Jesus came to die for you. It's not a generic thing. It's not that, oh, he came to die for the whole world. No, he came to die for you. He came to die for you personally. On a personal level. Tell me about on a personal level. Not on a general level. Yeah, he doesn't want you to be destroyed though. God does not take pleasure in the death of an unrighteous man. Do you agree that you have done something wrong before in your life? You see, if you don't, if you don't receive the mercy and the, 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 the forgiveness of God, you will have trouble. The Bible says that the, sinner, the soul that sins must die. Ask your neighbor, have you stolen anything before? From your mother's soup? Have you? As the closest gentleman by you, have you ever watched porn in your life? It's a big question. You don't want to ask your neighbor. I know. I understand. No answer. Hey! The soul that's in it must what? must die the Bible says for the wages of sin is death it's the same a similar scripture just ten differently the wages the pay for sin is death the salary for sin is death if you agree that you have done something wrong before then you should know that you are a sinner yeah but if you have not received the forgiveness and the mercy that comes through Jesus Christ then you are still in your sin. 
There are those of you here who are already born again. So you don't have a problem. But then there are those of you who are not yet born again. There's something wrong. Because the soul that sins must die. The wages, the pay, the salary for sin is death. Nothing else. Guess what? God sent Jesus Christ to come and pay for that salary. To come and pay for that problem. The, 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 the problem of sin. Jesus has done it. He's done it already. All you need to do is say yes to what he has done for you. How difficult is that? Ask anybody, is that one too difficult? All you need to say is yes. How difficult is it to say yes? Tell neighbor, say yes. yes. Tell the other neighbor, say yes. yes. And you'll be fine. Yeah. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9.22. Can you read this to me? One to go. Without the shedding of blood, there's no what? So the wages of sin is death. But if there's no shedding of blood, now he's not talking... When we say shedding of blood, we're not talking about cutting your skin. Like we cut you and then blood comes out. That's shedding of blood. No. Shedding of blood must be done through the throat. Your throat must be cut. Yes. For blood to pour out from your throat. All your blood. He's talking about the complete outflow of blood. Not uh, drops of blood. He's talking about your death. If you don't die, you cannot be forgiven. And without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. It's actually remission. Without shedding of blood is no remission. It's no remission of sin. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Now go to go to verse eleven. Let's see what Jesus said. Hebrews nine verse eleven. But Christ, or by but Jesus, being come an high priest of good things to come, he's the high priest of what? Good things to come. He's a high priest of good things. He's not a high priest of bad things. He's a high priest of good things. By a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not with hands, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. The next verse is what I want you to see. Look at the next verse. Neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood. Say by his own blood. Say it again. So by his own blood, he entered into, in, once into the holy place and obtained eternal redemption for us. He obtained eternal redemption. Redemption means to buy back. Redemption means to pay what was needed to be paid. So he paid for your sin by his death. Jesus died so that you will not die. So he has died for you, actually. He has paid for you. You don't need to pay anything. He has paid for you. He has given himself for you. Jesus never did anything bad. Didn't you see what you read about him? There's no place where Jesus slapped somebody. The only people he beat were those who were selling in the, in the church. Yeah. So he doesn't want things to be sold in the church. Yeah. He beat them. Those are the only people he beat. But apart from those people, he always lifted people. Even those people who was lifting them up by beating them. Yeah. Jesus never did anything wrong. When they were arresting him, he asked them a question. I've done many good things. For which one are you arresting me? Yeah. And he asked them, which one of you convinces me of sin? Which one of you can say that I've done something? I've not done anything wrong. I've just showed you good things from my father. For what? Jesus was holy. He was good. He was wonderful. He never did anything wrong. But he died a gruesome death because of you. Because of your sin and your wrong. Look at your neighbor's face and say it's because of you. Yeah. He was lashed. His back was torn into pieces. The Bible says that they beat him so much that his face was not recognizable. You could not recognize him. Like if you knew him on a normal day. After the beating, you couldn't recognize that it was him. You pass him by. They beat, they disfigured him. Yeah. Why? Because of your sin. They beat his back and tore his back. When they realized that there was no more flesh to tear, they turned his tummy and beat his tummy. Why? What had he done? He had not done anything wrong. It was because of you. 
and because of me. Wow. Yeah. And they crucified him. They nailed him. Have you, have you ever had a, a pin, a safety pin going through your fingers before? Is it painful? Wow. It's painful. Jesus had, is it 12 inches nail? Eh? 12 inches nail driven through his hands. Wow. Driven through his legs because of you. So that you will not have to pay for your foolishness. Yes. How many of you agree that you have been foolish before in your life? Yeah. There are some very good people here, very righteous. Have you been bad before in your life? Have you done anything bad in your life before? Maybe you didn't do it, but you thought it. If you even, Jesus said, if you think bad about somebody, you have done the bad thing. That's what Jesus said. Though. He said, if you look at a woman lustfully, as you are looking, you are just, ah, this girl is fine. You have sinned. Hey! Who then can survive? Who then? So Jesus knows how difficult it is to go over the bar of sin. So he decided to come and come and die for you so that you will not have to pay. Yeah. Neither he didn't enter by the, the blood of goats and cows. He used his own blood and he entered into the Holy of Holies once to obtain eternal redemption for you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 12, that greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life. Go to the next verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for you. The question is, will you receive what he laid down for you? That's what, that's what we have gathered here. There are a lot of things I can preach about. But this is what this, is what this meeting is for. Yes. To let you know about the love of God for you. He wants to lift you. He wants to make your life better. Let me tell you a testimony. There was this man who had... I mean, he started stealing at a very young age. You know? Because of poverty. He started stealing at a very young age. And as he was growing, the money that he was stealing and all of that, he started using it on girls. Yeah, so all the, the whole area. I mean, everybody, if you, don't, if you don't respond to him, he rapes you. Yes, he rapes you. That was what he was doing. Everybody knew him in the area. He will force you and rape you. Yeah. Ultimately, he married one of, one of the ladies in the, in the town. But he didn't stop his promiscuity. He was still doing all kinds of things. And he had a child. So he got a venereal disease. One of these sexually transmitted diseases. And when he had a child, the child could not walk because of the venereal disease. You know, there are diseases that, sexually transmitted diseases, that ends up affecting uh, a child. You know, because your sperms are not right. Yeah. So the child could not, and he knew that it was because of, he went to us, they told him, he knew that it was because of him that that innocent, innocent child could not work. So he had a lot of things on his mind. Guilt was on his mind. Condemnation was on his mind. He was feeling bad. People who are wicked are not wicked because of wickedness sake. It's because of many things that have happened in their lives. It's not because they were born like that. There's no child who is born wicked. Even Hitler was not born wicked. Hitler was in the church. He was a chorister. At a, yes, he was a chorister at a point in his life. Oh, you don't know? Go and check history. You'll be surprised. He was a chorister. He was singing alto. All alto singers. Hallelujah. So this man was feeling bad because of all the things. He knew that the things that he had done, the wages of sin is death. He didn't know that scripture, but he just knew that it's because of... And he couldn't stop the badness. He still couldn't stop. He was still doing foolish things. Until he met Jesus. He went for a crusade. As the man of God was preaching, Jesus showed up to him and told him that, listen, I've forgiven you. I died for you. You don't need Jesus to appear to you before you know that he died for you. I'm telling you now. He told him, I died for you. Can you imagine that during that process, he had developed cancer of the liver. So his liver has become very hard. When you touch it, so much pain. You know? He had so many problems. So many problems. 
And Jesus told him that, I died for you. I paid for your wrongs. I paid for your guilt so that you don't feel guilty anymore. I paid for your condemnation. I, I was judged so that you don't judge anymore. He told him all of that. As the preacher was saying that, Jesus picked it. He realized he was not listening. So he just picked and told him that this is what the preacher is saying. is true. That's why he came. And when the preacher called for people to come and give their lives to Christ, he, gave to, he believed and gave his life to Christ. He was where he was. I mean, he didn't have to come in front. He was where he was. His wife was by him. His wife had gotten born again 19 years earlier. When they got married now, the wife got born, got, got born again. But he was not changed. He was into his old foolish things. And the wife had been praying for him. So he left and gave his life to Christ. Do you know what happened when he gave his life to Christ? His guilt left him. He became free in his mind and in his heart. He was healed spiritually. When he checked his body, he could not feel the pain. The liver had become soft once again. Amazing. His son was also there. He just said, let's put our son down. Maybe he will walk. When they put their son, I believe that he will walk. When they put their, their son down, he started walking from that day onwards. Wow. This is what Jesus came for. Jesus came to make your life better. He came to heal you spiritually, solically, and bodily. That is why he came. He came to heal you financially. He came to heal you on every side. That's why he came. He didn't come to come and judge you. That's not why he came. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 18. Second Corinthians 5, 18. Now, all you need to do is to accept what he came to do for you. Just believe. Just accept it. That's why you came. You came so that I will not be condemned. I believe what you did. He says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Or brought us back to God by Jesus Christ. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse. To wit or to witness that God was in Christ. He says, as Jesus was moving around, God was in him. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Or bringing the world back to himself. He was bringing you to himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. Let's read... Um, message they can't understand he says god put the world square with himself through them as i giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins god has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing let's read amplified there's something i want you to see okay it was god personally present in christ he says god was personally present in that body personally it was god reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself not counting up and holding against them against men their trespasses but canceling them have you seen it he says he was not holding their sins their trespasses against them but he was canceling them so jesus sent me to come and tell you that he has canceled your debt of sin what are you going to do about it all you need to say is what yes sir. all you need to say is yes i believe what you did for me Let's read Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to verse 11. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, Jesus rose from the dead after the, after the third day of being crucified. It says if you believe that Jesus came and died and rose again with your heart, it says you shall be saved. Have you seen it? Your salvation is in you believing the fact that he died for you and he rose for you. The Bible says that he died because of our offenses. Romans chapter verse 25. Look at Romans 4.25. Keep your finger here. We'll come back to this. Let's read the Amplified. Romans 4.25. Let's read this together. One to go. I want all of us to read. One to go. Who, who is the one he's talking about? He's talking about Jesus, right? You know he's talking about Jesus. Okay, so let's read it once again. One to go. Our acquittal, making our accounts balanced and absorbing us from all guilt before God. Have you seen it? That's why He came. He died so that you can be declared not guilty. So that He died because of your misgivings, your misdeeds, your problems. That's why He died. And He rose again so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
so that he can give to you righteousness free of charge wow so in the other place it says that if you will believe if you believe that he died for you and he rose for you you shall be saved for with the heart next verse for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation next verse for the scripture said whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed if you believe on him you will not be ashamed if you believe on him he will bring you into value and worthiness god bless you for listening we pray that the word of god will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word kindly follow pastor t and love economy church on 